0: This podcast discusses violence, drug use, and other adult themes. Listener discretion is advised.
1: Welcome back to another episode of Breaking Pod. Today we are talking about season five, episode four. It is entitled 51. I'm joined as always by my co-host, good friend, co-founder of this podcast, Zach. Zach, how are you?
0: I'm doing well, Josh. I'm sorry to say that my basement flooded this morning, so it's been an eventful oh. day. Um, yes. But yeah, we're recording this. My on... reaction
1: might have been more genuine. My reaction might have been more genuine if I didn't know that before we that's started true. recording.
0: Yeah, that's true. I mean, I I sort I, of
1: I f- <laughs> sort of felt like my whoa was a little sarcastic. It's not. <laughs> whoa, I do feel for you. Never saw that coming.
0: Yeah, uh, <laughs> Josh and I were talking about this. I gave him the whole sob story before we hit record. But yeah, we're recording this on, on Sunday, October 25th. Uh, I'm sitting here in the middle of like a major snowstorm that's rocking Colorado and my basement is flooded. Um, So yeah, yeah, it's just like great timing. Oh, great. It's wonderful. Um, And you know, still can't exactly find the leak. There are several hypotheses that I've worked out with the, uh, the water restoration crew and I've got a general contractor. who's going to come over to try to help me out tomorrow if he can make it in the snow. And you know, it's just uh, it's, it's good stuff. So, you know, you live and you learn. I will also say that this is probably user error because there was a valve that I should have turned off. Like I thought I got all the exterior stuff and I think I missed one, you know? Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, I'll, I'll take the responsibility though. We, li- we live and we learn. As-
1: as long as you're sure that it's not from someone who is trying to dispose of a body and it disintegrated the, you know, porcelain tub at right. some point, then
0: you're good to go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they there uh, could be worse. Things. They, they put it in the bathtub instead of the um the what is it? The triangle with the number the plastic, the, the number seven or something in it. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The plastic bin. <laughs> you have to get yeah. the right kind of plastic that doesn't get melted by yeah. hydrochloric acid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, well, you know, it's 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 been an exciting day in our household here. But um we've got the like, these these fans raging in the basement as they try to dry it up and um, it, it's been good, it's been good, and then Are because it's Sunday, of course, excited about the snow. Yes, they're excited about the snow okay. and
1: the basement well, flooding, good.
0: actually. <laughs> so it's all it's always an them. adventure
1: for kids, <laughs> yeah, exactly. They don't have to worry about the money, they don't right. have to worry about the hassle, the headache.
0: In fact, uh, earlier today, my oldest was like, Daddy, um, and uh, Daddy, uh, my sister, I just uh, I try to keep names off the podcast, but you know, my sister and I said, uh, that we actually like it when the basement floods because it's kind of exciting, <laughs> and I was like. Yeah, it is kind of exciting, isn't it?
1: <laughs> You're like, here's the name of the plumber, here's the contractor, <laughs> yeah. and uh, here's their phone number. So, yep. Go ahead. You go. Knock yourself out. <laughs> yeah. See how fun it is now. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So, anyway, that's been my day, yeah. Josh. But
0: I'm I'm excited to talk about uh, season five, episode four.
1: Yeah, Zach. I do have to start this conversation about this episode by you know reminding our listeners that last episode of the podcast, you in fact said that you also did not love this episode. Now, I have a different feeling than this because. I will say when I first started the episode, and maybe for the first 15, 20 minutes, I was like, this is a slog. Like, I do not enjoy this. But the last half of the episode I think is excellent. And I think it's super well done in the way that it's written. And I think it's super well done in the way that it's directed. It was directed by uh, a man we've talked about before on this podcast, Ryan Johnson, who directed Star Wars The Last Jedi, who directed Knives Out. So clearly a man who knows how to direct. And uh, he's directed other episodes of Breaking Bad as well. But I, I do find this episode really ramps up in the last 20 minutes. And I really like it.
0: Yeah, so I partially agree with you. I think the ending dialogue between Walt and scotter is fantastic. Like one of the best pieces of yeah. dialogue we've had in the show. Um, not the season, not the episode, but the show. Um, however, I don't love the pool party. And we can talk about that more, but, I, but the, I don't know. The pool party kind of loses some some points for me.
1: Interesting. I have some thoughts on it that maybe I can get you to not maybe, maybe not change your mind, but maybe see a different perspective.
0: Yeah, sounds good. I look forward to it.
1: All right. Well, we'll start with the two minute summary here and then any trivia and bloopers, and then we'll get into our normal best scene, best moment, best writing. The two minute summary from Wikipedia, which is in looking at it, it's one paragraph, so it might be more like 30 seconds, but here we go. Lydia offers up her own employee to the DEA, and Mike offers her a replacement, Jesse. Together, she and Jesse spot a tracking device on a barrel of methylamine. Mike believes she placed the device herself. After Walter admits cooking again to Skyler, they discuss the safety of the children. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's so silly. Okay, that, that was my editorial. Okay. <laughs> Skyler decides that the children are safer staying with Hank and Marie. Meanwhile, Hank gets a promotion to ASAC. He's going to be ASAC Schrader. And that was also my editorial. That's the end of the two-minute summary. Zach, what grade do you give this? Is
0: it possible to give these an F? I don't...
1: Yeah, this is the this is maybe one of the worst ones <laughs> this we've This is so bad. It's bad.
0: I mean, there's a number of things that are wrong with it, but I will just start with what you laughed at there. Skyder, or, or uh, they discuss the safety of the children. <laughs> that little one, two, three, four, five, six, seven-word phrase right there is describing what Two minutes ago, I characterized as perhaps the greatest piece of dialogue in the entire show. (laughs) So to just reduce it to they discuss the safety of the children completely misses the point.
1: Yeah, yeah, it absolutely i think that the problem with these these and you know what we can give it an f it's our podcast yeah and no one's it. no one's uh, no one's fact checking us so yes i would give it an f as well i think the problem with a lot of these summaries is it completely removes any of the emotional or you know uh, anything relevant about the the actual scenes that we're seeing in the episode which i think to a point is okay because you don't want the summary to sort of talk about how you should feel but it's also missing the point it's not a discussion it's it's a confrontation. It's a it's a clash. And I think that not using stronger verbs here just completely hurts the summary. It's also uh, it's it's paltry like it's very it's very bare it's bare bones. Yeah, is, for sure. Yeah, it's, it's almost
0: bare. like it's almost like somebody, um you know, took the script and then ran it through some sort of like AI synopsis <laughs> generator. Yeah, that can't like yeah. understand nuance and You know, body language and things like that, because it's just like so cut and dry.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's bad. So, yeah, I think a double F here. This might be the worst one we've had so far. Boom. All right, Zach, any trivia or bloopers from this? I know you added a couple to our outline here, so I'll let you cover some and then I'll I'll talk about the two that I picked out.
0: Sure, yeah. So, uh, first of all, this is called 51. There are, by my count, three different years, consecutive years, 50, 51, and 52, in which Walt celebrates his birthday and gets a birthday bacon on his plate. Of course his 50th birth 50th birthday is his vegetarian bacon his uh 51st birthday. I think it's I think it's real bacon that we see in this episode I think it Josh. is real bacon. But uh but it's you know uh he, he gets a 51 with the bacon just like he got a 50 with the bacon in uh in episode, uh, season 1. And then um we had in live for your die the beginning of season 5 first episode of season five we had him making his own 52 in the diner etc so I thought that was kind of a fun thing we've got more birthday bacon in this episode Um, also some uh, some little trivia things here Um, the watch that Jesse gets for Walt is a Tag Heuer Monaco that is the type of watch that was first popularized by Steve McQueen in Le Mans the 1971 film uh, the license plate of the car that Walt buys is a temporary tag that expires in August of 2012. But that is an, uh, an anachronism. That is an error, a continuity error in the show because Walt's 50th birthday took place in 2008 during season one of this. So if he if, if he's now 51, or yeah, his 50th birthday took place in 2008. So if he's 51 now, this should be 2009, not 2012. And then uh, also, this was on the internet, so it must be 100% true. Apparently when Lydia is speaking German on the phone, it's just gibberish. Like there's some German words in there, but it's actually really? not German at all. That's, that's what I read. That's kind of shocking to me. I know. That, that would
1: be kind of, Zach, you're a German expert. You're a right. linguist yeah, on this I, podcast. I, I
0: took it in high school, so therefore.
1: <laughs> you, you need to know. Um, I, I feel like the, the problem with that is like the show is so careful with so many different things. Like how could they possibly like not have someone come in and just teach her a couple lines of a good German? point.
0: I mean, well, I mean, I, I read it. On one source on the internet, so it must be true. Well, how about this? While you go through your trivia, I'm going to research this and see if I can find a more complete answer to whether or not okay. Lydia speaks real German.
1: I do have to say about the birthday bacon before we move off of that, because I find it really interesting that you, you sort of bring up, we see it three times. And I wonder if there's anything to sort of the way that it's displayed. So the first birthday bacon we see is the vegetarian bacon. When Walt sits down for breakfast, the 50 is already made with the vegetarian bacon, which to me shows that Skyler cares about him. She's thinking of him and the 51 they're sitting down to breakfast together. Skyler has not done the bacon, but Walt Jr. Reminds her and she sort of reluctantly gets up, tears the bacon apart and makes the 51. And then for 52, Walt is by himself like he has to do it himself. And so I wonder if there's something to to read into that sort of the evolution of the bacon creation, uh, the number creation that we go from him being truly cared about by his family to Skyler being indifferent and sort of checked out here on 51. And then to Walt being alone on his 52nd birthday, having to do it himself. So I don't know if there's anything there. My two, uh, two's little trivia and bloopers here. This is something that is not founded by anything other than my own observation, but there are two moments in this episode where I got sort of a, a little flash to another popular show around the same time, which was Dexter, so the Dexter opening credits, I don't know, Zach, if you've, I think you've seen Dexter before.
0: Definitely. Yeah. But and when you, when you said that in our combined document here, I was like, that's a hundred percent Dexter. Wow.
1: Yeah. So the opening credits of Dexter are meant to Dexter is for those that don't know, is a serial killer who only kills bad guys, or at least that's his, his credo. And the opening credits are him doing everyday morning tasks, but it makes it look like It could be some sort of violent something. So, for example, he puts floss around his fingers to floss his teeth, but he's wrapping the floss really tightly around. So it's almost cutting the circulation off around his fingers. We see almost that exact same shot here with Skylar. She's putting floss around her fingers. We also see Dexter shaving in the morning and he gets a cut and the blood runs down his face. We also see that happen when Walt is shaving his head. So I don't know if there was any direct correlation. It could have been an homage to Dexter because Dexter ended in 2013, so it could have you know, been like, uh, you know, here's to you another great show, something like that. Just thought it was interesting, sort of reminded me of that. The other thing that I wanted to talk about here was we're going to talk about uh, a couple scenes with with Anna Gunn, who plays Skylar in this episode. And she's really good in this episode. And uh, I was like, this must have been the one that she submitted for her Emmy. I was wondering if she was nominated and won. And in fact, this was her first Emmy win. And she did submit this episode. I found this website where uh, you can see what episode, you know, an actor submitted to be considered for an Emmy. And um, Anna Gunn did indeed submit this episode, 51, and won her first of two Emmys. She would then submit um, episode 14 or 15 from the second half of this season for which she would win her second Emmy. And so I just found that interesting because I watched this episode and I thought, yeah, she's good enough to win an award for this. Like, this is award-worthy performance. So, totally in fact, that's correct. And, um, yeah, she does a good job.
0: Well, I did some research on the uh, German in this episode, yes. Josh. You'll be shocked to know the internet was wrong. It led me astray uh, <laughs> on first blush. In fact, the the plot thickens here or just gets a little bit um, kind of funnier and more trivia because um, – uh, Laura Frazier, who plays Lydia in this show, apparently she revealed several years ago that she lied about being able to speak German in her yeah. audition Very to get this role. Very smart actor thing to do. Yeah, exactly. Yep. I mean, that's what actors do, right? Like, can you do this? Yeah. Of course I can do that. It's, yeah. It's Can yep. you ride horses? Exactly. Yes, of course I can ride horses. Yeah. Or, exactly. I'll, or exactly. I'll learn by the time I have to do this. So, yeah. yeah, they asked her if she could speak German. She said, of course. And then so she had to learn German, but the German she had to learn is now just like, you know, Ich heiße Zach, which is like, I am Zach, or I am named Zach. But, uh, like, as she described it as like corporate speak German. And so I found an actual translation of what's going on here. And she says, her her, uh, her her line on the phone is, our solution is a reroute through a single hub. We need to revise the software. This is the only way we can maintain our capacity for the current quarter. So that is not an easy <laughs> mouthful to say in German, but she pulls it off. I, apparently her accent is terrible. Uh, okay, so, that might've been why. So native speakers say like, wow, <laughs> but but yeah. it's actually real. So there you go.
1: Yeah, all right, Zach. Should we should move on to broader thoughts and themes here? And I think this is a good moment to talk about the the pool scene, which you do not like, but I have chosen as my best writing. And and so we'll we'll sort of combine these discussions here. I'll let you sort of kick things off with with your problems with the the um the best the the broader thoughts and themes, and then I'll sort of segue into best writing.
0: Yeah, and I'll I'll play the audio for this scene in just a second. But so, yeah, like you said, we're calling it pool party, but it's just just when Skylar descends into the pool. And I don't know, I just... It doesn't quite do it for me. It feels The whole thing feels a little bit too um, Lady in the Water, like if you've seen that M. Night Shyamalan Mm -hmm. movie. And it's a little bit too much of a parallel for me to Walt's transient amnesia. In other words, let me just fake an episode that seems like a sort of psychotic break in some way, and I'll use that to... Get to what I want, or explain away my behavior. In Walt's case, I, I don't. I don't really love it, um, and I don't know. It's just it it, it. it feels too dramatic to me as well. But here's the audio from that scene.
2: There were times when I was sure I was done for, but then someone or something would come through for me. God and Skyler, I can't. Honey, remember that first week of chemotherapy? That night on the bathroom floor, what you said to me? I was so sick. It was rough going at first. But Skylar, she was right there, of course, putting wet washcloths on my forehead. And She's singing to me. And this would go on and on, day after day. I remember I was lying on the floor of the bathroom because the the tile felt nice and cool, you know. My head was in Skyler's lap, and I was just asking her if this could all be over. It was too hard, it was, I just wanted it stopped.
0: Skylar, isn't that freezing? Hey ho, pool party. I mean, it just sounds so dramatic. You can even hear the like little synth tones in the background trying to amp up the drama. And I don't know. I just, I don't love the execution of this scene, but what are your thoughts? Josh? I'm probably missing something.
1: Yeah. I, 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 I feel the opposite of this and actually listening to it again, it's like, it's, yeah. I find the writing really powerful because not just the dialogue that Walt is delivering, but the direct juxtaposition from how Skylar is reacting and then her decision to walk into the pool. So yes, it, it is a little bit like Walt's transient amnesia. Although I think that this one, you, you have to, you have to run around in less circles to make it make sense because Marie already knows that Skylar is feeling a certain way. Like that, that, that all has already been sort of, put on the table last episode when Marie found out, finds out about Ted and about how Walt has reacted to that. So I think there is some table setting that's done before this, that we didn't have with Walt's transient amnesia. So that's the first part. But what I really like about the way that this is written is what Walt is saying is incredibly hurtful to Skylar because it's, she's already thinking about how she doesn't feel safe with Walt, how she doesn't feel Like she can trust him, how she doesn't like that he's living in the house. And yet here he is reminding her of the immense effort she went to to make him feel better when he was going through his darkest days. And like he's he's bringing this up in a way that's almost like reminiscing. Like, I'm so glad we got past that. But but for Skylar, she's just been hurt by all of this. And so her decision to walk into the water and we're not exactly sure what is going on here. Like, we don't know. At this moment, whether we don't know at this moment that she's doing it to sort of seem mentally unstable so that her kids can go somewhere else. You think maybe she's trying to kill herself, like maybe she's just like legitimately wanting to end things because she simply can't take the fact that she feels trapped and that she's given really everything that she had to this person who is no longer the person that she knows. And yet he's putting on this face for everybody else. So for me, it's like incredibly powerful watching her reaction while Walt is telling the story and just watching sort of. She doesn't have any dialogue here, but I think that this is not coincidence. And it's partly probably the actor's choice, but it's also probably written into the script that Skylar is contemplating everything that she's done for this person who. Who she loves and who she or who she loved, at least at this point. And I just find it really moving, like watching this. And I I can see that you might be turned off by the sort of like over dramatic part of it, but I, I just find it really moving.
0: Yeah, I think all that's fair. I will say it's it's haunting when she after she goes into the water and she's sort of suspended, floating in the water with her eyes open. That's a pretty haunting visual. I think yeah. part of another part of the reason why this scene doesn't quite do it for me is because like I just sort of tune out Walt's talking now, right? Like We've learned yeah. that he just spins yarns when he's BSing and he's yeah. totally disingenuous every time he opens his mouth. So he's going on and on. He is saying these things that are very interesting, like juxtaposed against Skylar, but you just sort of tune that out because you're like, you have nothing to say. You, everything you say yeah, is a it, lie.
1: It's interesting that you say that because, you know, the first I'm, I'm sure the first time I watched this, this is, this is one of those scenes that I remembered watching the first time and maybe it's just because it's so visually striking. But I remember I was like, when is the Skylar walking into the pool scene? I can't re- I, w- I remember that happening as uh, you know, as is the same with, you know, Gus slitting Victor's throat or, you know, Gus getting blown up like big moments from the show that you just remember this was one of those times. And and I remember it being so much more moving this time because of what, what was saying. And I think that I sort of tuned into that more this time than I have before, because was I was rewatching it and so I was trying to look into it in a in a deeper way just to try to figure out what what exactly is going on here and I think interestingly enough too this is a moment where Walt is bsing to some of the characters in the scene but Skyler like us as the audience knows the full picture and so we're sort of with Skyler here we're not we're not on the same page as Marie and Hank where we just sort of think Walt is reminiscing about hard times and how Skyler was there for him we know everything that Skylar's been through. So I find that that in particular makes the scene a little bit more powerful, too.
0: Yeah, that's fair. I'm, I'm, you're softening my stance a little bit. It's still a little bit dramatic for me, but, uh,
1: yeah, that's fine. As long as I soften just a tad 1%, yeah.
0: I'll take that. No, it's more than that. It's like, it's like a solid 30 to 40%. All right,
1: Zach, let's move into, um, let's move into your best scene and then we'll come back into my best scene, your best writing. And it's it sort of all, it ties into this, this big last scene that we see between Walt and Skyler for, for sort of the meat of what we're going to talk about. So I'll just let you talk about your best scene first.
0: Yeah, sounds good. So, I mean, really my best scene is exactly what you chose. Just again, in the interest of like having something else um, to kind of talk about and that's kind of fun. I chose this and it, it's, um, there's no dialogue, actually, so that's one thing that I like about it. I like scenes with no dialogue that just show you visually, uh, and it's when uh, it's when Walt buys the, the car for Walt Jr., and so they both come home in the Chrysler 300 and in the uh, Dodge uh, Dodge Challenger, and they're, like, revving their engines, and then we get, uh, get Dubstep, which I'm so glad Dubstep is not a thing anymore. <laughs> yeah. I mean that's just horrendous, Josh. <laughs> Absolutely horrendous.
1: I feel like I, I really this is one of the reasons why upfront I really did not like this episode because it seems so out of place. But now that I'm thinking about it more, maybe it's meant to be out of I place. Think so. like we're yeah. seeing like we're seeing these really cool cars, almost like Fast and the Furious style cars with these really, really square people like behind, like when it comes down to it, Walt thinks that he's this, you know, kingpin. But really, when it comes down to it, he's a balding, he's a bald, like ke- former chemistry teacher, and he really doesn't fit. So maybe that's the point of it. But, uh, you know, it's interestingly put together. It's it's kind of cool the way they sort of flash back and forth between the two. Cars, exactly. But. Yeah,
0: you caught you, you picked up on that as well. I, I love the quick pan between the yeah. two cars.
1: But even still, I I don't I don't love this one. I mean, I find it interesting, but I, I would I would not say that it was uh, it was one of my favorites. Yeah, totally fair.
0: Um, all right. Well, that's that's my nod. Uh, What do you have for best scene?
1: Yeah, well, let's talk about the scene between between Skylar and Wald. And it's obviously it's the big confrontation in it. And I think that, you know, you have picked it for your best writing and then also, sort of the end of, of My Best Scene segues into your best moment. So we'll just talk about it all at once, and then we'll talk about My Best Moment sort of last, sort of a last um, thread on all this. So we'll just hear a little bit of that, and then we'll go from there.
2: How are you going to save our kids from this terrible environment? I... What are you going to do? Well, are you going to run off to France? Are you going to close the curtains, change the locks? This is a joke. Come on, Skylar. You want to take me on? You want to take away my children?
1: What's the plan? I don't
2: know! This is the best I could come up with, okay? I I will count every minute that the kids are away from here, away from you as a victory. But you're right. It's a bad plan. I don't have any of your m- magic, Walt. I don't know what to do. I'm a coward. I, I can't go to the police. I can't stop laundering your money, I can't keep you out of this house, I can't even keep you out of my bed. All I can do is wait. That's it. That's the only good option. Hold on. Bide my time. And wait. Wait for what? What are you waiting for?
1: For the cancer to come back. I mean, there, this is just it's like a powerhouse of acting, of writing. I mean, it's just so good. And watching it again, I was like, man, this is this is like why the show is regarded as one of the best of all time. I mean, we have we have I feel like we as an audience have earned this moment between the characters. I mean, you could have this scene in the first episode and it wouldn't it wouldn't be uh, meaningful at all. Right. But having it in the fifth season when it's come to this moment it is 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 great i love when i love when shows do the work ahead of time to make moments like this pay off because You're not really sure how this is going to end. I mean, you're not sure if Walt is going to get physically violent with Skylar. He's sort of chasing her around the room. It's, it's like frightening in that sense. It's sort of like this, this ladder that's building and like they're going up and up and up and you're not sure what's going to happen. And Walt is continually shutting her down. Every time she says, this is my plan. He's like, that's a horrible plan. And he tells her why. And you think there's no way that Skylar can possibly come out on top. And yet, at the end of this moment, at the end of the scene, when she says, I'm waiting for the cancer to come back, I in my opinion, like she has hit him with something that yep. he doesn't have a response to. Yeah, she because wins, it's almost for like, sure. yeah, it's almost like she's she's pulled out a gun and is like going to kill him like that. It's it's the same sentiment. It's like she wants him to die because she doesn't feel like she can get out of it. It's like this abusive relationship that she's found herself in. She doesn't know how to get out of it. And the only way out of it is for Walt to to go and I just it's just like incredibly powerful scene
0: well here's the most interesting thing about that to me and so my best moment choice was exactly when she says for the cancer to come back but it wasn't it was certainly like the moment in which she she won that fight right but it wasn't like a calculated knockout punch because if you read the script you could read it that way like I'm just waiting and then he's like waiting for what she's like for the cancer to come back you know but it's not that She says, like, all I can do is wait. And she's just at her wit's end. And she expects him to understand what she means by that. Because when he says, wait, what are you waiting for? She looks surprised. And she's like, for the cancer to come back, you know? And so it's not it's not swung as a knockout punch, which makes it, in some ways, like, that much more devastating of a knockout yeah. punch, right? Because yeah. he's like, why why would you want the cancer to come back? You know, like that was not on his radar for her to be thinking that wanting that. And the fact that it is, is like it makes it that much more devastating to him. I think.
1: Well, I think we, it goes back to that conversation that, that Jesse and Walt had in the last episode when they're sort of sitting on the couch in the, in the random house that they're cooking in where Walt is saying like, you know, you know, if you don't have everything out in the open, you know, your relationship's going to die. And it's all like Walt, as we talked about in that episode, he doesn't really have a concept. He, you know, that his his family is crumbling right despite the fact that he has set up to this point that the reason he wants to cook meth is to help his family to save his family you know he moves back in at the you know in, in the last episode and he doesn't sense the fact that Skylar doesn't want him there like she says in this I can't even get you out of my bed like she she can't get away from him and in, in that kind of thought is like is it is hard for Walt to understand because it's until she says the cancer line that he thinks everything is fine. And that, and indeed he will later say in this episode, like Jesse pointed a gun at me and now he likes me again. Like you'll turn around, but I just don't think he grasps exactly what damage he has done here.
0: Yeah. Completely agree.
1: Yeah. It's just a really, uh, it's powerful scene. And, and I think it's certainly, as you said, one of the best we've seen in the series so far.
0: The only other thing I'll add, I didn't play this part because this happens earlier. This is a, obviously a long conversation, a long piece of dialogue. But, you know, a few episodes ago, we had him, uh, about a season ago, he, we had him say to Skyder that he was the danger. Like, I am the danger. I am the one who knocks. That's a super famous line. And there's this little quip that she has here uh, early in this conversation where she just, like, totally gets him, I think. You don't know that?
2: You can't make that promise, Walt. I can promise you that Gus Fring is dead, and he was the threat. He was the danger. I thought you were the danger.
0: Oh, I love that so much. <laughs> I thought you were the danger because yeah. you told me that, Walt. You, you know, I, I remember. By the way, when we were right here in this bedroom, you pointed at me and said, "I am the danger. I am the one who knocks." I mean, uh, in yeah. the again, the fact that she says that, like she's totally, she's winning this this uh this engagement for sure.
1: Yeah, yeah. It, it's just it's excellent and. It it reminded me the show is so good watching this. I will talk about my best moment here, unless you have anything to add on that, Zach. Nope. So my best moment here is um, is a really small moment. There's no audio, but I love this moment because it's a visual clue that if you blinked or you got a drink of water while this was happening, you wouldn't think you'd missed anything. But I want to say that I think you might miss something here. It's a little foreshadowing. But Walt is sitting on the couch listening to Mike and Jesse talk about what they're going to do with Lydia. And he has his Heisenberg hat, which I have to say, just sort of as an aside, it's kind of a dopey hat. I mean, it is his signature, but it's kind of a dopey looking hat. I agree. He thinks it's cool. But he, you know, he finds the hat at the beginning of this episode when he he sells his car and gets the, you know, the, the cool Fast and the Furious cars. And he puts it on and he sort of does the, like uh, moving his fingers along the brim, like really cool. But now he's sitting on the couch and he's pulling at a little thread that's sorting, sort of coming out of the hat. And you can imagine that if he kept pulling the thread, the hat might start come apart. And I find this really interesting because I think it's just foreshadowing, like the thread of, you know, there's a little thread starting to be pulled in their operation. You know, what are they going to do about Lydia? How's how's his relationship with Skylar going to affect things moving forward? And that little thread, if you keep pulling at it, as Walt is sort of messing with it in the scene, the further you pull it, the less stability the hat's going to have, the less stability his life is. So I think that that was just a little teeny moment. I don't know if it was intentional, but I imagine it was because most of the things they put in this show are intentional that I that I found upon the rewatch that I thought thought was really interesting. Yeah, no, I like that a lot. I, that that went
0: over my head. I mean, I read it as like you know, this is his obsessive attention to detail, which, I mean, it could also be that as well. That but too. I, I yeah. like your deeper meaning that sort of compounds the primary
1: meaning. My runner up or my honorable mention for best moment was when Jesse goes to get the methylamine from Lydia. This is yeah, I, this I, we is talked, a great part. We, we talked before, you know, when we first saw Lydia earlier this season, she's just a really fun, quirky character. Like she definitely has flaws and is probably pretty evil herself. But, you know, like she's a, quirky character and Jesse comes to the door and she's like, who are you? Who who sent you? Mike who? Mike who? And it's like, Trout, She's like, okay. It's just like this. It's a, like another character moment that you don't need to like say that she's weird. Just watching her interact with someone she doesn't know is really great.
0: Yeah. And I totally agree. I mean, she's, she's like, she's an interesting character too, because she's simultaneously like she's never done this before. Or at least she acts that way. But also she's willing to hire hitmen to, you know, and put yeah. kills out on people and like, you know, plant a fake GPS tracker, et cetera. Like she's surprisingly savvy and willing to get her hands dirty, despite the very like professional and like, you know, rookie novice image that she projects.
1: Yeah, absolutely. All right, Zach, any nits to pick in this episode before we move on to our MVP? No,
0: I don't think so. Uh, beyond the sort of lady in the water vibe that I don't like from the pool party scene. Um, I, I don't have any nits to pick. How about you?
1: All right, Zach. I got a big one. Oh, boy. I got a big nit to pick with this episode. I Let's really do, do like the last half of this episode. But there's a moment in this episode where, you know, we sort of find out that it's that Holly is eight months old. So it's been eight months since she was born. To me, the timeline is a little I mean, I know that they're not wrong and like it's Walt's 51st birthday. So yes, it's only been a year, but like, think about all the stuff that's happened in eight months. Yeah. Like you'll remember when Holly was born, Walt was attempting to make the drop to pick up his first batch of money. That's right. Yeah. And then since then we've had the whole thing with Gus, we've had Tuco, we've had Hank getting shot. We've had all of this in eight months. It's like, is all of this truly possible to have happened in eight months? Maybe. I mean, really, if every single day is like hit the ground running, but you have to imagine there were days where where things were just happening normally or relatively normally. Like they purchased a car wash. They've got the car wash up and running. They've, you know, like literally like what would potentially take years and years and years has happened in eight months in this universe. So to me, the timeline is a little bit off. It seems a little far-fetched that all of this stuff could have happened. But I'd be interested to see like someone laying it out in a timeline. And I'm sure if I did some internet research, someone might have done that. But it's it seems like a lot. Yeah,
0: I don't know. I mean, I think, like, thinking back on the entirety of it, it does seem like a lot for eight months. But if you think about it in the sense that you know, Holly was born in season two, right? Yeah, that's so, right. So, you know, we've got basically three seasons elapsed in eight months. So, on average, two to three months per season. And I think it's a little bit easier to think of the events of singular seasons happening within two to three months, right?
1: Yeah, I guess I guess that's true. But you think about, okay, so so we had the plane crash. Yep. We had... We had Jesse and Jane, that entire relationship yeah, that's in true. That's what, true. a month, two months. We had Jesse meeting Andrea. We, you know, we had all of this stuff. I mean, it's like, oh, Jesse went to rehab for a little while. I mean, like,
0: oh, yeah, when did that right. happen? Yeah. I
1: mean, like a lot of stuff happened. It seems a little bit accelerated in, in you know, like that span of eight months. I mean, it. it's nice that we have sort of the bookends like to see like, oh, we had the 50th birthday to start now we're on the 51st and we know that you know some somewhere in the future we're going to see his 52nd birthday but it seems a little bit crammed like we could get to 55 like you know what i mean
0: yeah that's a good point i mean uh i wonder why they didn't make it like the 52nd birthday 53rd birthday yeah i don't know just space it out a little bit more yeah i can see your point for sure
1: all right zach last thing to do here is our mvp for me this is pretty obvious but i'll i'll throw it to you first see if we have the same mvp for this episode
0: yeah, it's definitely Walt. I mean, I mean, uh, I mean, sorry, Skyler, not not Walt. I mean, Walt, I think, is like potentially a runner up, but you can't just given that whole last, last last conversation that we talked about, you can't justifiably, in my opinion, give it to anyone other than Anna Gunn playing Skyler. She's just fantastic.
1: Yeah, I absolutely agree. And I think, you know, we've talked before about it's not always about the number of scenes you're in or the amount of dialogue you have, because You know, we talked about even the pool scene. She barely talks in that scene, but she has she she definitely provides the other half of that. So without her reacting to Walt, that scene certainly doesn't work at all. Right. And then, of course, the conversation she and she and Walt have at the end or towards the end of the episode. Just incredibly moving as well. So, yes, Anna Gunn will get my vote as well, which I believe brings her to 13. She is now just 11 behind Jesse for second place. I don't think she's going to catch him, but uh, you know, it's surprising to me. I mean, if you read anything about Breaking Bad, especially in the later seasons, there's a lot of Skyler hate. Like people do not like her as a character. Yeah. And and so I'm I'm a little surprised to see her in third place here.
0: Yeah, I think it's really because of performances like this. I mean, credit to Anna Gunn for her portrayal, but there are you know, probably on average 2 to 3 episodes per season in which uh, Skyler really has like a standout performance, yeah. and I think that's the reason. You know, it's not that she's like a consistently strong character, it's that she has, she like consistently has these breakout performances, I think.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we've talked before about it's pretty hard to go toe to toe with Brian Cranston or, you know, Aaron Paul, but she has she has risen to the challenge more than once. And so well deserved to have 13 MVP votes uh, in this in our podcast so far. All right, Zach, anything else on season five, episode 451?
0: That's it for me, Josh.
1: All right. Well, if you have anything for us, please feel free to reach out to us by email. Leave us a a message there or or drop us an audio message. We'll be happy to play that on the podcast. You can reach us at BreakingPod at VernacularPodcast.com. Next time, we will be talking about season five, episode five. It's called Dead Freight. It's one of the best episodes, I think, of, of of the series. It's really exciting, totally different vibe to it. So I'm excited to talk about that. Until next time, I'm Josh. And I'm Zach. Have a good one.